Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You show, our podcast, our webcast, however you're tuning in today. Before we jump in to our amazing guest today, I want to remind you all that if you head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, we have an incredible free course with eight videos and a 60-page workbook for you to download to uplevel your success. Here at Rise Up For You, we are all about pushing your potential through soft skills, the skills that are the most needed that actually make up 75% of an individual's success that we don't spend a lot of time cultivating. That's the emotional intelligence, the confidence, the leadership, the public speaking and the presence, all those human skills that make up a lot of challenges today, that's what we're cultivating here at Rise Up For You. So again, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, download your master success course, eight videos, 60 page workbook, completely free so that you can push your potential and actually optimize the technical skills, build the wealth that you want, build the relationships that you want and build an amazing life on your own terms. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Do you want the tools to create the life that you want? Do you need the guidance to be able to implement those tools like a badass? Well, you came to the right platform. Welcome everybody to the Next Level Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Leslie. I have an amazing guest in the studio today. I'm super happy. Finally, we coordinated our schedules to get her in here. (laughs) She's so busy flying everywhere, speaking. Natalina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Oh, thank you. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. So we kind of came together. How? I don't even remember. It was through John. I think it was I think John. The studio yeah, here, John. Right? Yeah. He connected us. He's like, oh my God, you two are like, I'm new to podcasting. You're newish to Vegas. Yes. And it's like, you two girls have so much in common. You need to sit down and chat. Yeah. So we got together, we chatted, and you blew my mind, and I just like absorbed everything, and I'm like, oh my God, you're a rock star. <laughs> so you have to be on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then we did this little podcast exchange, and I'm so excited for my listeners to be able to hear what you have to say, because really this is about, like I said in the intro, this is about really giving people the tools that they need to yep. create everything they want. And we're talking not just in their career or in their romantic life or in the personal life, the physical, like really everything to have that fulfillment, to be able to have abundance and joy and pleasure and everything. And so you have a really great um sort of perspective and your business is so beautiful because you really teach the fundamental things that we forget that are so necessary yeah. for us to create that success. It's like literally the foundation. Yeah. And it sounds so easy when you say it, right? And I, I think it sounds easy when, you know, we hear it on social media, just build that abundant life, that happy life that's amazing, that's full of fulfillment. <laughs> and most of us are like, what? <laughs> How do you do that? But you're right. I mean, it's really getting back to the core skills that make up 85% of our success personally and professionally that no one ever really teaches us that we often hear are common sense, 
right? We have, that's common sense, right? You should just know that. You should just be confident. You should have emotional intelligence. How do you not know how to communicate, right? Those are the things that we hear. But the reality is, is that actually, no, we haven't been taught those things. And most individuals really struggle with it. Most organizations struggle with it. When we ask companies what their top challenges are, it all has to do with people, right? And these people skills. When I work with clients and entrepreneurs and similar to you and you're coaching and you're working with them, the top challenges all have to do with the mind and the people skills that are getting in the way of individual success. They have masters, they have PhDs, they have all the technical skill that they need, but yet how come they're not building the life that they want? It's all the skills that we're not taught at university, that we're not taught in school, that we're not really taught growing up that we need to tap into that's going to be the game changer in our life. Right. It's like emotional intelligence. We weren't taught that. We absolutely need that. So tell me, what is common sense? Common sense is all the human skills that help us build relationships, help us have self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management, right? So what's an example of a common sense skill? A common sense skill would be, okay, somebody needs your support and empathy. Being able to be an active listener and provide empathy back. Not so common, right? (laughs) Not so easy. Uh, A common sense skill is when you write that email, understanding how to write it in in a way that the client or the customer on the other end is going to receive it well. Not common sense. Common sense is, well, you should just be motivated. You should know that you should do A, B, C, and D in the workplace. No, you shouldn't, right? All of these things that we think are just inherent are actually skills that are really, really important. Um, Self-confidence, so important. It's not a skill that's common sense anymore, right? We think it is, like you should just believe in yourself, just go do it. But 85% of individuals struggle with self-confidence alone. Self-awareness, how many of us have friends and family where uh, they see themselves one way and everybody else sees them completely different, right? That family member that's really stubborn, but they would tell you, I'm not stubborn. That's not true at all. And everybody else is like, yeah, you are. The self-awareness does not exist in that person. Yes. So, I mean, it's very robust. Like these human skills and the common sense skills, there's a lot of them. And many of us don't realize they're actually the things that are getting in the way of us living an amazing, abundant, kick-ass life. Right. Absolutely. And you really started in the individual sort of arena, right? But then you got into this corporate world. And now you have your CEO and founder of Rise Up For You, and Mm -hmm. you are expanding left, right, and center. Author of the book, Rise Up For You, Closing the Gap Between You and Your Potential, which is amazing. And we're talking a little bit about the things that you have written in the book here. But how does confidence, like this is a, confidence is really fundamental Mm -hmm. to what you want to teach. And as a, is really a core and core method is what you teach in terms of confidence. So why don't you share with us really the importance of confidence? Obviously we know, but we need a refresher because we don't have common sense. We're going to pretend we don't have any common sense or knowledge. So share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. So confidence is a soft skill and it's actually a part of emotional intelligence as well. It's like the third competency under EQ. We call it EQ. And unfortunately it is the biggest challenge today for people. It's amazing. So we, my team and I have asked thousands of people around the world, not just in America, globally. Every year we ask thousands of people. We do this every year because we want to see if it changes. And globally, 85%, 85% 
say their number one challenge is self-confidence. Self-confidence. And that's the first step of building these soft skills because the rest of the soft skills are self-management, empathy, active listening, building relationships, having resilience, understanding how to read a room. You can't do all these things if your mind is getting in the way of your ability to take action and to be aware if you're in your own head. So self-confidence is a really, really big challenge. And I always say you can have all the degrees in the world. You can have all the certifications in the world. You can have all the technical skills in the world, but they're not going to serve you the way you want them to if your confidence is hindering your ability to move forward and take action, right? We've heard it. Imposter syndrome, perfectionist mindset, not feeling enough. I mean, not feeling enough is a huge pandemic. The amount of people that I know, that you probably know, that have so much success, but no matter what they achieve, they don't feel enough. Yes. Right? It's just not enough. Right? The monkey chatter that's in our head, the self-doubt that gets in the way of us moving forward and taking action, that's very crippling. And that right there can stop an individual from building the life that they're proud of because they're never going to get to that next step. So how do you do that when someone is in their own way and they're literally blocking themselves? Mm -hmm. What is the first sort of tool or strategy that you would suggest? Yeah, the first tool, we call it the four B's to believing and betting on you, right? And you can use this every single day. It's breaking down your self-awareness and your thoughts. Okay, because it's really important to understand that self-confidence is built off of the thoughts that are in your mind in your environment. So think about it this way. Uh, People always argue, are you born with confidence or is it something that you build? It's both, right? So I'm a firm believer that when you're when you're born, everybody has confidence. But the second you're born, your environment can impact that right? So are you born into a loving family versus a family that maybe has a little bit more trauma and abuse, right? Do you go to a school that's supportive and are you around amazing teachers or are you being bullied and do you have teachers that put you down? Do you get into relationships that are toxic, that are harmful, or do you have healthy, loving relationships? All those things hinder your confidence and your ability. So when you want to rebuild your confidence, I say rebuilding the confidence, first off, it takes time. It's not something that's done over overnight, but you first have to understand and be aware of the beliefs that you have that are sabotaging your success. So your beliefs are part of that self-confidence. Most people don't even realize the beliefs that are in their mind. How many times have we had a friend or a family member say something really negative and we're like, do you know what you just said? I didn't say that. I'm like, yes, you did. You like, you just put yourself down in front of everybody and they have no idea that they did that. They're not aware. So building confidence, the four B's to, to believing and betting in you. The first B is what's the belief? And we all have thousands. So just want you to ask yourself, like, what's one belief that you currently have that's getting in the way of your success? Just one belief. It could be anything. It could be, uh, I'm not a good enough wife because I'm constantly working. Maybe that's a belief, right? I hear that a lot. Or I don't feel like I'm a good mom because I have to get up and go to work every day and take my child to childcare. That's a belief that I hear, right? Um, No one listens to me as a leader because I'm younger than them. That's a belief, right? So all these things that are getting in the way of our ability to really just step into our full potential. The second B is the backstory. Where does that belief come from? Does it come from a past relationship? 
Does it come from a former boss that you had? Does it come from your childhood? And I want you to get really, really, really specific. Where does that thought or belief come from? Because what happened is that most of us have gone through these experiences and situations where an individual has put a belief and a thought onto us and we didn't know any better. So we took the belief on as our own. And now 20, 30, 40 years later, we are walking around with all these thoughts in our head that are holding us back and they don't belong to us. They belong to the individuals that projected it onto us. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand what's the backstory, okay? The third B I think is one of the most important. What's the behavior that it's causing in you? Is it causing you to procrastinate? Is it causing you to put yourself in toxic relationships with men or women because you don't feel enough? Is it causing you to stay in relationships that are unhealthy? Is it causing you to stay quiet in a meeting even though you have the answer and you know if you raise your hand, it can really help the company? So what's the behavior that it's causing in you? And then the last B is how do you break it? And that's not cookie cutter. I can't give you like, here's how you break it because everyone's a little bit different. I know for me, I break beliefs just by understanding that if I don't break it, that person still has power over me. And I refuse to let people have power over me like that. <laughs> I'm the same exact right? way. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the, the moment the moment that I become very conscious, it's so funny you say this, because I literally did this exercise yesterday with myself. I had this limiting belief because lots of, lots of stuff is changing. Kind of went into sort of the, the, the limiting construct, yeah. found it, identified yeah. where it happened in my, my childhood-ish. And what action, same, same, so funny. And I was just like, hell no, this is not going to happen anymore. It just, I, I kind of went type A all over myself. Yeah. I'm like, this is just done now. And we're just going to do a whole revamp. And I, I literally just thought block. Like I will not allow myself to have that, that rhetoric, that language, anything. And I'm, I'm so self-aware. I mean, almost maybe annoyingly so to to an excess yeah. almost to an obsessive level but for me I just will not allow myself once I'm conscious of something to bring it down the power I think is a big thing it's it's a control over myself yeah I, I other people they don't have control over me but for me it's my my self-control I know that I'm in control no one will dominate me it's just it's my sovereignty so yeah, it's just 100%. like the light switch goes on and it's done yeah, for me. Yeah, 100%. And it's not easy, but that's the question that you have to ask mm -hmm. yourself is do you want your past backstory, the beliefs to drive these behaviors that aren't going to serve you, that are going to sabotage you? You know, like I've been through a lot of challenging experiences in my life and I always sit and ask myself, all right, are you ready to do the inner work? Otherwise, if you don't, and five years from now, when you're ready to get into another relationship or when you're ready to do another business or whatever, that's going to come up if you don't work on it now. That belief is going to come up and it's going to sabotage you. And this is what we see every single day. People getting in the way of their ability to, you know, ask for promotion. People getting in the way of their ability, again, to like walk out of a relationship because all these things in their head that are stopping them, that are causing fear and crippling them to really move forward in a way that's going to serve them, not sabotage them. Mm -hmm. So you work a lot in the corporate space. Mm -hmm. What are sort of the common um, sort of beliefs that people have that are limiting them from really being able to excel in the corporate space? Perfectionist mindset is a big one. 
right? right. Like I need to be perfect. Um, otherwise, like I can't submit the project, right? Or I can't ask for the job promotion or apply for the job that's opening because it needs to be perfect. So perfectionist mindset is a huge hindrance for many people, not realizing that perfection is the preventer of your potential. I always say this. That's well said. I love that. Yeah. Perfection prevents you from your potential. And so you end up just sitting all day. Is it perfect? Is it perfect? And next thing you know, 10 years have gone by and you didn't write that book that you wanted to write because it needed to be perfect, right? You didn't go for the job or build the business that you wanted because you just weren't ready because it wasn't perfect. And that really harms people, right? So that's one thing that we see a lot in the corporate workplace. Another thing that we see a lot is a fear of just rejection. So instead of going to the boss and asking for clarity on communication or clarity on job roles and tasks, they don't ask questions. So then they end up dragging their feet to get the project done, or maybe they'll submit something and it's not of quality. And when the leader says, how come you didn't raise your hand and ask for clarification? Or how come you didn't come into the office and ask for support? Well, I didn't want you to think that I don't know how to do my job. Right? I don't want them to think that I'm not good at what I do. So there's all these thoughts and fears that happen that end up doing more damage than good. Right? Another thing that we see is imposter syndrome. So when somebody does get the promotion or when they are in a leadership position, it's, I don't know why I'm here. Why did they promote me? I'm not good enough to be here. And then that impacts their ability to lead their team that they're now in charge of. So we see this every single day. Um, and it's a challenge. And I say it's the greatest tragedy today is wasted human potential because of a lack of self-confidence. And the problem is, is that we've been taught this our whole life, right? I have a lot of empathy for, for us globally, not just in, in America again, because our whole life we've been taught to build micro level confidence, which is a competent confidence in a category, competency, or thing. Think about it. You go to school. I learn how to be confident in math in science, right? In PE, whatever the subject is. And then some people go to university and college. And then again, they're getting confident in these categories, these competencies, these credentials, these skills. No one ever teaches you how to be confident in yourself just because. Mm -hmm. No one ever touches you to just believe in you. No one ever teaches you that, right? So this is what we saw when COVID hit. When COVID hit, we had people from around the world coming to us that were executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, they had all these titles, all of that fell apart because of COVID. And they came to us and they said, who am I? What's my self-worth? What's my identity? Because this whole time their self-confidence was built on these things. Right. And those things aren't sustainable. They live outside of you. What we really want to be building is the macro level confidence, which I consider to be like the mother soft skill. The macro level confidence, which is, I believe in myself, period. I'm enough simply because I exist. Macro level confidence is self-compassion when you make a mistake because you're a human being, right? Macro level confidence is even if I fail, I'm still going to keep trying because failure is research to success. Macro level confidence is a self-awareness, right? So it's understanding what your abilities are, and then how to learn growth mindset so that you can build more abilities. Right. Right. This is all macro level confidence. And most individuals, unfortunately, 
just don't have it. And we need to start teaching it and we need to start embracing it and embodying it and realizing that the failures in life, the challenges that we go through, the failed relationships, all those things don't define you. They're just things that have happened. So when do the macro level confidence um, skills come into place? Like, is there a structure and and how you build confidence? I'll give or you can a, you do it all together at once? Yeah, I'll give you a real life example of how macro confidence comes into place. So uh, you you may have known, and I talk about this in my book. So I was an executive, right? So I run this company, Rise Up For You, honored to, to start it and run it. Six years ago, I wasn't though. Six years ago, I didn't even know anything about entrepreneurship. Six years ago, I was an executive for an education corporation, and I was making a cushy six figures, amazing house on the lake, brand new luxury car, boats, toys, all these fun things. And I decided to resign from the company and to move out of the country to get married. And after four weeks, my ex said he wanted a divorce. So in four weeks, I literally went from high-functioning executive with all this stuff to $100 and two luggage. That's it. Nothing. No job, no car, no house, no savings, $100 and two luggage. Now, if I only had macro, micro level confidence, I would have stayed there. I would have been lost. I wouldn't know how I would have defined myself by that experience. I would have lost my identity. I wouldn't have known who I am, where I'm going. And God forbid, maybe I would have been homeless. But because I had the macro level confidence where I understood that these things didn't define me, when I came back after four weeks, my father came to me in my dream. He had passed away earlier. And he said, everything you need is already inside of you. You just have to rise up for you. That's where the company comes from. Rise up for you. That's the, the title that he brought to me in, in my dream. So because I had the macro level confidence, which is I believe and bet on me, I came home and I said, all right, well, we're just going to start learning. We're going to relearn. We're going to rebuild because I believe in me and all this other stuff, I'm going to just rebuild it. And I just, I opened my laptop. How do you build a website? What's a podcast? What do people need in the world? What's entrepreneurship? How do I build my own business? Because I had the macro level confidence where none of this stuff defined me, I was able to relearn and to rebuild and believe in myself that I could get back up. So how did you end up with all of this macro level confidence? Did you learn it as you grew? Did you have parents yeah. that supported you? Yeah, it's a great question. So going back to what I said about nature versus nurture. So I'm one of those lucky people that were, I was born into an amazing family. I was born into a family with two incredible parents that they knew, especially my mother, she knew that we needed to love ourselves and learn the skill of self-love when we were younger, because as we got older, people were going to try to tear that down. So we would drive to school in the morning, my mom to drive my brothers and I to school, and she would just say, today you're going to be amazing. And me and my brothers, today we're going to be amazing. Today you're going to get good grades. You're like, yeah, we're going to get good grades. Like she did these affirmations, right? And then the other thing that I think was really important that we learned from our parents is my dad always taught us nobody is better than you. No teacher, no boss, no leader. No one's better than you, and you're not better than anyone else. So when we were taught that at a young age, guess what it taught us? That we don't have to prove ourselves to anybody but ourselves. So we learned at a young age to be motivated 
and to follow achievement for us so that we can put our, our head on a pillow at night, not because we needed validation, right? Not because we needed the teacher to validate that we were good, not because we needed our boss to validate that we were good, but because we owed it to ourselves. So our parents taught us these things in our whole childhood. They constantly reinforced these skills, like be the best that you can be. I remember one time I got an A minus on a test when I was in high school. A minus. Leslie, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One. I remember one time. She says, I remember one time when I got an A minus. <laughs> okay. I get this once. A, I get this A minus and I come home and my dad looks at it. He's like, A minus? You got an A minus? Like, that's pretty good, Dad. He's like, why not the A plus? And I remember sitting there thinking, I got an A minus. That's pretty good. Why not the A plus? And he looked at me and he said, could you get the A plus? Do you have the potential to get the A plus? I said, yeah, I'm sure I do. Then why didn't you push yourself to get the A plus? Not for me. Why not for you? Did you not push your ability to be the best you can be? As that's a good point. That's a good lesson. If I know I can do it, why didn't I do it? Why did I sell myself short? And what was your answer? Do you remember? I was just a good point. That's I, it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You know, I was 16. I was like, I don't know. So that's what we were taught our whole life. So then when we did get older, and my mom was right, and teachers put us down, you know, first relationships knock you down. You know, I went through the divorce. I was smart enough to go, no, I don't think that's true. No, you're telling me that I'm not a good person and that I'm A, B, C, and D and you're chopping me up and cutting me down? No, I can't believe that. That's not true. I know I'm a good woman. I know I'm kind. I know I'm loving. I, you, you see what I mean? But if you don't have that, then when somebody says, you're not good enough to do that, your mind is going to go, oh, I've heard that before. So maybe it's true. Right. So how do you bridge the gap for people that haven't been as blessed as you? These to skills, the four Bs, you've got to start there. So the four Bs are the absolute first and foremost thing that people First thing to, to start, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to have some sense of self-awareness to catch the thought. Yeah. So if you're in this fast-paced life where you're constantly going, 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 and you don't have time to think, you need to slow down so that you can catch the thoughts and build self-awareness. See, that's the beautiful thing about everything that I'm talking about is you can achieve it, but you have to give it time and space. Right. You're not going to build confidence and build self-awareness when you're on autopilot and you're constantly going and you're just in reactive mode. Right. So let's break it down a little bit more. So for the first B, you have to really get into the belief of it. Mm -hmm. So how can we, for the listeners who, who are just like, ah, please walk me through it, how would you recommend doing that? So what does it mean to slow down? Would you recommend meditating, even though we all know meditating is now a profanity in my wheelhouse? Um, do, you, do you recommend journaling or auto writing or going for a walk? Like, What is your way that you would recommend someone to just open up, be able to connect and get down to a belief? Yeah, everyone's a little bit different, but here's what I can tell you. A couple or different yeah. ways that you've noticed how people. You need to create intentional space and time in your life every single day that's just for you, that doesn't include technology and consumption. How long would you recommend? Five minutes, 20 minutes, how long it takes? I would say that if you're just jumping in, start with 15 minutes. 
You know what I mean? It, I, I think it's scary for people when they're like, you need two hours. They're like, I, I can't do that right now. Start with 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I do three hours in the morning, but my three hours is full of writing in my journal, my gratitude journal. I do a little bit of reading. I sit in silence with my cup of coffee, my Nespresso, and my froth with my puppy, you know, and then I'll go to the gym and I'll work out. That's a form of meditation for me. And then I'll come back and I'll start my day and I'll get ready. But in all that time, that's what I'm doing is I'm like, I'm sitting in my own presence in silence and thinking about maybe the night before or the day before. I'm the same way. In the morning, my day doesn't really get going for a couple of hours because I need so much time to get into a state for me, that is about being. Like yeah. I need to just be me, be in my energy, feeling the body, feeling into the consciousness, letting everything mm-hmm. wake up, mm-hmm. allow the senses. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, it's the same thing. It's my cup of coffee. It's like the thing that just, it's such a pleasurable experience. So, I mean, not to necessarily recommend, but really getting to that kind of routine. I think morning is really important for me too, the nighttime as well. I don't know if you have a nighttime routine that is similar to wind down. I like to kind of prepare myself for sleep so I can really maximize the way my brain processes Mm -hmm. and sort of integrates everything during the day. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I mean, 15 minutes is easy for people. I've always recommended like 10 or 11. Yeah. 10, it's like people try and shorten it, but 11, if they shorten it by a minute, then they're at least at 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to round up. I sometimes find that people will, at six, seven minutes, they're just getting into groove. And like that last three to four, yeah. it's like where they can really dig deep into whatever it is they're going into. So Yeah. So that's that space yeah. so that you can be self-aware is, is necessary mm-hmm. to catch your thoughts and understand. The second okay. thing that I think is really important is most people feel the negative response and emotion to something that they do that's subconscious, right? So maybe like in the moment, let's, let's talk about we're in a meeting, right? In the moment, you don't raise your hand, right? Even though you want to say something. It's not in that moment that you're recognizing it. It's when you walk out of the meeting that you're like, oh, I should have said something, right? So we always feel the emotion like after the fact. When you feel that emotion, and most people feel that emotion, okay? When you feel that, oh, I should have done that, or like, mm, I'm not feeling great, that's a perfect opportunity to sit down and get self-aware and ask yourself, okay, Netta, why didn't I raise my hand in the meeting, right? Okay, Netta, how come... I'm still in this relationship when I don't feel good. Why am I doing A, B, C, and D? These are the perfect moments for you to have conversations with your beliefs and with your behaviors so that you can figure out why you're behaving and doing what you're doing. That's how you're going to build that self-awareness, right? And I start to see what some of my clients, they're like, oh, I went through it the other day. I'm like, let's talk about it. They're like, well, somebody said something to me. And I went to respond and I didn't. I just kept quiet. Great. You were self-aware. It didn't feel good. Awesome. Okay, you didn't feel good. Tell me why it didn't feel good. Tell me why you think you didn't respond. And now we're able to get to the beliefs and start building self-awareness. And the more you do that and the more you have conversations, the more you're going to be able to catch them in real time. Now, not after the fact, but in real time where you can make a shift. Right. And it allows for positive movement forward instead of spiraling into that negativity which is so easy to go down that rabbit hole right from that moment of realization Mm -hmm. for people who don't have those really fundamental uh, skills and tools to be able to keep their confidence up so I think that's really great really really great point is 
get on top of it right then and then in the moment that you become aware because that can really reinforce the neural pathway, yes. reinforce the negativity, reinforce the lack of confidence. So in that moment, yes. would you agree? 100%. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I want to make it really clear for everybody that we're not talking about erasing all your negative thoughts or erasing self-doubt. That's not realistic. Let's get that clear. Everybody has self-doubt, including myself, you, Tony Robbins, Oprah, you name it. We all have self-doubt. We know from neuroscientists that the majority of our thoughts are negative, right? That's a human thing. What we're talking about is building the self-awareness and the self-confidence to not let that thought become a programmed belief that now shifts your behavior and disrupts your future. That's what we're talking about. That is so beautiful that you said that. I literally just had a conversation two hours before the show with someone about like for like an hour and a half about how some coaches, they bring these things up up for um, discussion, like these childhood wounds or whatever, and they get really locked in on, on the opposite of that. Like it's just, it's, we need to cut ourselves so much slack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do this every day and I have negative thoughts. Right. But I've understood that I have the power and the choice and the ability right. to manage it to right. say, okay, I have this thought. I'm having a negative thought right now. I have a little bit of self-doubt. Right. But that's cool because right. that's part of being a human. But I'm not going to let it sabotage me from taking an action so that I can better myself and my future. That's the difference. And that's what we want people to learn is that. It's not going down the rabbit hole for the sake of going down the rabbit hole and just creating shit and stirring it up and rehashing and rehashing. And and I wanted to chat actually with with you about this before when we were talking about the beliefs and this this process. When you know is enough, enough is enough. Like when is it you've gone down that rabbit hole and when is it just a belief that you're like, you know what? Yeah, the belief comes up. We've got that chatter, but really it's not like, how do you know? And you really just said it. It's about the outcome. If it's affecting yes, the behavior, 100%. if it's affecting your behavior, then it's disruptive and you need to go down and maybe dig a little bit deeper, Correct. go into where it came from, what the root is. If it's not affecting your behavior, do you really need to go down there? You 100%. can stop because this is what I was, I was having this conversation about is, Really, we could go down with therapists and coaches yep. and other people. I've heard these stories about like you're just in this endless cycle of never being able to get out. And sometimes you can get out. You don't have to feel broken or feel like you're healing or feel like you're always still learning. There is a point when you can just say, you know what? I'm human. Yeah. These things are normal human processes. I need more experience. I need more uh, reinforcement that mm-hmm. yes, I'm getting stronger. I am confident. My confidence is yielding good outcomes, and that's going to create a positive cycle instead of just continuing down and continuing to look at yourself and it's the childhood thing again and blah blah blah. Yes, no. I I really want to make a big point about this because literally, I've worked with clients too where they want to keep stuck. They almost want to keep in that the four the know, story the, the story mm-hmm. keep going back to the childhood they just get locked there and it's like you're not there mm-hmm. you've healed like we've been through this yes. so many times give yourself a freaking break mm-hmm. the, it's normal to have negative thoughts 100%. we are duality you know our primal brains are always trying to keep us alive and surviving like we, we still have that neanderthal aspect of, of us in inside so 
I think you made such a great point about allowing ourselves to to understand that we will have the negative thoughts as long as it doesn't translate into a belief that's really playing and really affecting the outcome, the outcome. the behavior. Correct. It's all about the outcome because that's what, you know, for those of you out there that are manifestors and you have your whole process of creating, really this is a process of that. It's really yeah. about the outcome. It's your your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotion, create the outcome. Yes. So, and and when you do that more and more often, you build more and more confidence. Right. Right? But here's the thing is that when you don't do that, you crush your confidence. Because one of the number one confidence crushers is disrespecting yourself. It's like, yes. you know you shouldn't have done that. Or you know you should do this. Or you know you should get out of this situation or this circumstance. And you don't because you don't feel confident. You start to lose trust in yourself. You start to lose respect within yourself. And that can crush someone's confidence. And so that's why if you can learn to manage these emotions to keep taking action, your confidence will continue to grow. And if you don't, you'll continue to not trust yourself. You'll continue to not. It's like you're breaking a promise to yourself Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And it makes you feel small. And we don't want to do that. Right. It reminds me of the concept of Mm self-love, right? You may not use those words particularly in your book and especially in the corporate setting necessarily. But really, for me, self-love looks many different ways. But I love on myself the most and the hardest when I'm giving myself a break. When I literally can embrace myself and say, you know, you are doing so well. Like, you've got this. It's okay. Like, you're human. Relax. And just honor yourself and Mm -hmm. be with yourself and know that you are good. And that for me is such a big confidence booster by just taking away my type A. Like I type A all over myself. Yeah. (laughs) And and no one else gets a type A except myself. It's really, um, you know, for me that's been very much a confidence booster. I don't know if that is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You have to build a relationship with yourself just like you build a relationship with your partner, your romantic partner. We spend a lot of time chasing romantic partners. Like, I got to build the relationship. I got to get to know them. Have you ever taken yourself out on a date? Have you ever sat with yourself and just built the relationship on your own? I've spent a lot of time with myself, which is great because I have a healthy relationship with me. I like, I know what I'm like in certain environments. I know what I don't like. Uh, I know that I can sit by myself and eat dinner and, you know, a four or five star restaurant, Michelin star restaurant and just be alone and dressed up and eat by myself. And people look at me, I'm like, hey, like no problem. But you got to be able to spend time and do that with yourself so that you understand that. And what does that look like also like in the corporate space? How does that translate? Think about this. When you struggle with self-confidence, your ability to lead will always be hindered because when team members do certain things, right? When you hear feedback, when things aren't going your way, when you're leading, guess what happens? It now becomes a part of you. It's you that's the problem and not the problem itself. Same thing when you get feedback. If you struggle with self-confidence, when your boss says to you, hey, we need to change that email, that email doesn't fit our brand. When you struggle with confidence, all you hear is, I suck at my job. I'm not good enough. It becomes personal. It becomes personal. personal The leader's talking about the email. All you can hear is that you're not good enough. So your leadership, teamwork, communication are all going to be hindered. If that self-confidence and that ego 
doesn't become managed so that you have the capacity to hear clearly and help create solutions to situations. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, we're going to switch a little gear into the six pillars of success. Okay. So tell us about these. They're in your book. They're awesome. But let's explore. Start with number one. Yeah, so when I... uh, you know, when I went through the divorce that I talked about earlier, what I didn't mention is that three months after coming back and starting to build the company, my second parent, my mother, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So the second I came back and I started building the company, I was thrown right back into another, you know, I would consider traumatic situation. And I lost her seven months later. So by the time I was 31, I had $100, no job. I was trying to build a business. I had lost both of my parents and I had a broken heart. And I remember when my mom passed being in the closet and I'm the only girl. So I inherited all of her stuff and I was cleaning her closet. And I just remember bawling and thinking, I'm 31 years old and I just lost my second parent. What does it mean to build a life that you're proud of? Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't even know how you managed to get through I mean your your confidence in yourself really is so excuse me I'll just give you a minute Okay. <clears throat> so this is it here. Mm-hmm. I really like this in the room. <coughs> yeah. This part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Becoming your best self. Um, yeah. So yes. I just remember asking myself, what does it mean to build a life that you're proud of? And I started doing a lot of research. Who are the happiest people in the world? How come U.S., 76% of the population is miserable? What's happening? What does success mean? And I found with all of our research that success is really building the whole human being, not a career being. Tired of being a career being. How do we become a human being? And there's six pillars. (coughs) Self-worth. Excuse me. It's weird today. It's okay. all right to do my little singing technique right (laughs) we'll Um, cut the we'll just yeah cut through and yeah Mm -hmm. (coughs) so there's six pillars to that so self-worth career health and fitness your romance which people don't think about money And people intelligence, so your community, the people that are in your life. And ask yourself, one through ten, in each one of those pillars, ten being amazing, one being non-existent, where are you? Most people have a 50%. Most people. In every single pillar? Total. 
Total. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Wow. So they'll add up their score, one through 10 in each pillar, add it up, divide it by 60. What's your success score? Most individuals fall under a 60%. Wow. Yeah. Is there a common theme of which pillar they're most deficit in? Self-worth. Yeah. Self-worth, career. Some people money. We see a lot in health. It really depends. A lot of executives, it's romance and health because they're executives, right? So yes. the thing that they put on the back burner is their love life, their partner, and taking care of their health. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I mean, to balance them all, <coughs> we can achieve that. We can. Uh, it's just a matter of getting out of our <coughs> way. I'll give you another minute. <laughs> Maybe I talked too much today. <laughs> That's okay. I've had clients since 8 a.m. So. Oh my goodness. Okay. <coughs> well, we can wrap up pretty soon too. Um, so with executives, then <clears throat> they don't have romance and their health is out of whack. So if when you're working with an executive. How do you work to rebalance their pillars? I'm a firm believer that you can have it all. I am. I am too. Like I don't believe in impossibility. I believe we can have harmony in all things. Yeah. I believe that you can have it all if you create a system for life. I mean, think about it. We create systems for business, right? We have our time, you know, our management, our calendar, our meetings. You can do the same thing for life. I do it every Sunday. I put in time for the whole week for, for you know, dates if I'm dating anyone, family time, uh, going to the gym every single day. I put in all of these pillars, 100%. The reason why people don't have these things is, again, because they put their priority on to go to career. So they're spending 80 to 90% of their week just in their work. It's not that they can't have it all. It's that they haven't made it a priority to have it all. That's exactly right. It's all about priority. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to also add in here, when you and I had a conversation at the cafe, we talked about our physical appearance, Mm -hmm. right? And the importance of that and how we get a lot of shit for prioritizing the way we look. And I think, and every guru that will admit it and who's legit and they will admit it, it's such an important part of our confidence, the way we look. This is why we have makeover shows that do hair mm-hmm. and wardrobe. And, yeah. and you know, it's it's part of honoring ourselves. Correct. The way we look. And it's a reflection too. 100%. Right? It's a reflection, a representation of how you feel on the inside. And, and it's also respect thing again, right? It goes back to respecting yourself, respecting your body, taking care of who you are. You only have one vessel. Right, and it's not just about how you look; it's also about what you put in your body, right? Um, what you consume, the energy that you have around you from people—all of these things tell us what kind of person you are, right? If you hang out with a crowd that knocks you down, that puts you down, that tells me you struggle with with respect for yourself. Because anyone that did respect themselves wouldn't put themselves in that environment, right? So that's that's a part of it, and. Again, I'm a firm believer that you can have it all, but I think we need to start shifting our mentality to making time for these other things so that we can have a fulfilling and abundant life, 100%. Otherwise, you're only going to build success maybe just financially, maybe just in your career. But we all know plenty of people that have amazing careers, and they are miserable because 
they don't love themselves, they don't have healthy relationships, they don't have a community, they haven't taken care of their health, and it doesn't mean anything. But how awesome would it be if you were financially abundant and you did have confidence in yourself and you had like a sexy, passionate relationship, you had a great tribe, like how much better would your life be, right? But you have to put time in every one of those things and you have to make it a priority. That, that's it. There's no way around it. You got to make time for it and you have to care enough about it. You know, otherwise you spend your whole life and, you know, maybe it's because I lost my parents. This is how I think. God forbid, I might not wake up tomorrow. That's just the reality. But we don't think that way. We think we have our whole life ahead of us. Like, I'll, I'll change when. I'll make a shift if. When this happens, then I'll. But that never came for my parents. The when I never got there. When I retire, then I'm going to travel. Well, they never got to retire. They passed before they, they passed at 62, both of them. When I lose weight, then I'll da-da-da-da-da. Well, you never lost weight because you passed away from a heart attack before you got there. I don't live my life that way. And I think we all need to start waking up and realizing that life is not guaranteed tomorrow. And I want to know that if I put my head on my pillow tonight and I don't wake up, I left everything on the table. I've communicated I've given my best self. I've added value to the world. I took care of myself. I was the best me I can be. God forbid if I don't wake up tomorrow, I'm proud to put my head on a pillow tonight. Those are such amazing, inspiring words to end on. Thank you so much. Wow, I just am buzzing. <laughs> really. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm buzzing. You're sweating. So much magic and energy happening here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so You're much welcome. for being on the show today. This is really brilliant. I hope all of you listeners, I know you got a lot out of this. Enjoy it. Message me, and we can answer any questions that you have to implement this thank like you. badasses. Yes, thank you so much. Um, all right, guys. Until next time. Imagine a life where you can have it all. A booming career, fantastic love life, great health and success, and overall achievement and happiness. Imagine pushing your potential to your absolute best and every day living a life that you are proud of. Well, if this sounds like something that you're yearning for, then the Rise of You Growth membership is perfect for you. My team and I believe in supporting you and helping you get to the next level because we know that you can do and have what it takes to be your best. When you join our membership, you get access to live trainings every single month with myself and our team. You get free coaching. You get a number of on-demand resources to help level up your success that you can use in the comfort of your own home. And you get access to our global membership around the world full of like-minded professionals that are looking to be their best. Your time is now to push your potential and live the life that you want to live. So if you're ready to take the next step in your life and in your career, join the Rise of Food Growth membership. Click below and we'll see you there.